0: This wild card recap edition of the MLB gambling podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code SGPN on your first purchase to save $20. Download the Game Time app. Use the promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog has just added pick and scorches where you can win 100 times your money. That's right, turn $5 into 500 in one game. Plus, every Sunday they're giving away $100,000. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus, up to 500 bucks. And finally, we're brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player props and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming from a delirious Newcastle upon Tyne in the northeast of England. Today is Thursday, October the 5th, I believe. And uh, myself and Scott Reichel are going to have a little look around the the wildcard games. Um, We'll have a little uh, look at the four teams that went out and what we think that means for the future. Um, And also the four teams that went through how they're going to go the rest of the series. But uh, good evening, Scott Reichel. Those those wildcard games
1: went quick. Uh, they did, because we were hoping to get at least one elimination game, win or go home, and we didn't get any. So a little bit anticlimactic, but I do think the better teams won, or at least you can make an argument that Milwaukee was the better team, but they didn't play like it because they can't hit with guys on base. Kind of same with Toronto. I picked Minnesota to win that series. I thought that was pretty even, but Minnesota at home, very solid, really bad on the road that took advantage of that. But overall, it had a pretty good wild card. Uh Overall round ended up sweeping the last episode I was on. Did the uh, game two show, and I had the lock being the first five under four in that Brewers game. I don't know how it got there. You two runs in the first inning, then Arizona scored four in the sixth inning, which was not my problem. So that went under, and then I had the Phillies on the run line in the night portion as my dog. That was like plus 140. It was stealing. Uh, we, when we previewed the round, we said straight up that we don't think Miami's going to beat Philly, and I thought Philly was going to sweep. I know you gave Miami more of a puncher's chance than I did. Yeah, definitely. But I thought Philly was going to bury them, and they did, so can't really complain. How your wild yeah, I card think round? My
0: bets were okay. I, I went two out of four on the series winners, uh, but one of those was Arizona, plus 155, so finished with a little bit of profit there. Um, I did okay back in some unders, which was an angle I know you were quite keen on. I took Arizona last night with Zach Gallen. So, yeah, finished okay. I probably finished about, yeah, about a unit up. Matthew uh, Henning's first in the chat, saying he's about a unit up in the World Cup, uh, in the, the wild card round. Um. So, yeah, that seemed about right. Um. I have been, Scott, wildly hungover today. I'm not a well man. I don't know if you can detect it in my voice, uh, but the last hour or so I've really had to drag myself around and come on. Um.
1: Do you have a went British new, hangover match cure? Would Un- you like to share? Sorry? Do you have a British hangover cure? You don't like to tell the people?
0: No, I don't have one. You no. got nothing? Okay. No. I wish I did, because I really struggled. Since I got old, it wipes me out for the day. So I already knew I would be bad today, so I took the day. I cleared my diary. I cleared everything away, so I knew I couldn't do anything. But I slept. I slept till 1 p.m. I then went back to bed and slept till 3 p.m., I then slept till 6pm and then I've had a bath and now I'm sitting here at 10 past 10. And I nearly feel human now. I've had a slice of pizza and a cup of tea and I'm just about back in the game. But yeah, um, yeah, it was an unbelievable day, an unbelievable atmosphere. There was lots of Parisians knocking around Newcastle. Um, I got to practice my friend, shot a few lads in the pub. Um, and then obviously Newcastle were outstanding and won 4-1, so it was brilliant. But I did get, the reason I'm talking about it is A, I'm going to talk about it forever, but also I got quite a lot of nice messages off people from around the network um, who knew I was going. So either Premier League podcast listeners, but also a lot of MLB people who either DM me on Twitter or tag me in stuff on Twitter or were in the Discord channel um, and said congratulations and the hopes I was having a nice time, etc. Um, so I appreciate everybody uh, who did see congratulations and well done and it was lots and lots and lots of fun and loads of stuff coming up this week actually we've got the there's a premier league show live as we speak for the weekend games and then we've got the nfl pregame show uh, which is a new i think we're going to call it bangers and cash scott we've gone for uh, which is a nice touch because barry had his uh, bangers and mash on the show last week um so that's round about nine thirty eastern time maybe eight thirty eastern time on Sunday before the Jags-Bills game. And oh, then that game, I think, and I think, is at
1: 9.30. So I'm assuming the show's at
0: 8.30. Yeah, that, yeah that'll be right. Okay. Um, as far as the baseball is concerned, I think everybody is going to come on tomorrow night. Lonte, Moon, after Dylan, uh, as well as us two. And have a look around the divisional series and all the game one. So uh, you'll get your big baseball fix tomorrow. But as it stands now, as I said, we'll just have a look around these very quick... Uh, Wildcard series. We'll start with uh, Texas sweeping the Rays, um, and I want to start with the Rays, Scott. Um, until they scored a garbage-type run last night, they had gone thirty-three innings in playoff games without scoring a run, uh, stretching back uh, to to last year as well. And I think this, with Tampa, it, it kind of sparks the age-old debate about. Almost back to the moneyball thing um, about a a very analytical team not being able to get over the finish line when it comes to playoff baseball. Um, Now, so for example, they had an entire lineup of right-handed batters against Jordan Montgomery the other night. Jordan Jordan Montgomery pitched absolutely beautifully, ran through them rapier like, and they made a ton of errors as well. They made four errors. I think we said in the game two preview they made four errors that game, which had probably more than they made the previous month but the injuries killed them I get it McClanahan Rasmussen and Springs would probably be a SP one two and four or two three and four
1: Wanda Franco for spurious reasons um, and that did well, well that was the main one you' you're mentioning Sorry. the pitchers the pitching I know F1 wasn't great in game two you yeah. scored one you scored one run like it, yes. the pitching oh. didn't matter but like you couldn't hit you needed Wanda Franco there they couldn't and hit. Now they've got they've got a load of their
0: players up for arbitration as well. I know Randy Ruiz, uh, Randy is up there. Um, so it's a bit of a crossroads for for Tampa Bay. But I mean, on what side of the fence do you do you sit? Yeah, was it the injuries or was it the fundamentally flawed um, the sort of system that they employed?
1: Well, it's really tricky because I can't blame them for the system because the team doesn't spend any money. They're one of the cheaper organizations in the league. That's why I was low on Tampa. I called them frauds halfway through the year because they went by the trade deadline and did nothing. I thought they needed another bat, and I criticized the lineup for overachieving for the first couple of months, and that's why they slumped for about a month because they couldn't hit, and I just thought it was going to fall apart for them. But you're looking at what Tampa did last year. They scored one run in 24 innings against Cleveland, and they got swept, and they came out and scored one run in 18 innings this year. So if you're doing the math, that means they've scored two runs. You said the garbage time run. There was a stretch there. They had one run, basically 40 innings of playoff baseball. You know how insane that is? One run? You can accidentally get one run. Like That's that's nuts. So (laughs) it's tricky because a lot of teams use the same analytical approach, but that's also the, you mentioned Moneyball, that's kind of the depressing end of the movie. Because the yeah, entire point is, is yeah. they're going to go on this massive winning streak. They're going to shock everybody. How to work out? They lost to Minnesota in the first round, and then you had the narrator going. You couldn't build the team on paper. You weren't. They're not fundamentally sound. And then you wonder if you wasted two and a half hours watching the movie because they didn't win anything. That's kind of the point with Tampa, where Tampa has to play a certain way because the front office doesn't spend any money and nobody goes to their games, so they're not getting any ticket sales either. They're doing what they have to do. I still think Cash is a good manager, but they're built to be a regular season team because of their consistency and their pitching. The problem is you're looking at the NFL, for example. I want to just draw a comparison. The NFL used to be defense wins championships. That was the common cliche saying you'd hear in every sport. You need a great defense in order to win. Football kind of changed. Because you're looking at Brady and Mahomes now. If you have an elite offense, you can win the Super Bowl. It's mostly an offensive league at this point. I think baseball is the same way. I mean, we're going to mention some of the other teams in a bit, but Toronto couldn't get hits with guys on base. Milwaukee couldn't get hits with guys on base. Miami couldn't get hits, period. That's a separate story. And then you have Tampa. They couldn't get hits either. So I'm looking at the main takeaway that I have for Tampa. The pitching is good and all, but if you're not going to pay any star-free agents to come over – and the one guy you actually shelled out series money for might never play again because of some social stuff that he had to go through. And once again, we're gonna—I don't know if the investigation was ever finalized—but Wander might never play again in the majors. And you were supposed to pay him about two hundred million dollars. But Tampa's was a cheap organization that was complacent because they got off to a good start, and they should have went for another bat because them, along with Milwaukee, along with Miami, and along with. Uh, really, every other team that's lost recently in the playoffs early on, they can't hit, and a lot of those teams in low-scoring games couldn't hit.
0: Yeah, well, you look at the teams at the top of the market, the the high-octane offenses. It's the Atlanta Braves, historically great offense. The Dodgers, what what's their strength? Um, it's the. It's offense not pitching over the pitch at this moment. the moment. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you're absolutely right. Um, yeah. So I mean, the Rays got the 99 wins again. They've had a good season. Um, you just get the feeling this time next year. We might be sitting saying the very same things. Uh, Texas, on the other hand, the first thing I'd say about Texas was that um, it was a great recovery from missing that divisional title last Sunday night because that absolutely could have knocked them. Um, And they came out and they played absolutely beautifully. Um, Montgomery was a stud. And then Nathan Uvalde came out, we said was still kind of getting stretched out from that. I thought that was shocking.
1: Yuvaldi was Sorry? that good yesterday? I was shocked. Yuvaldi was that good? He hadn't been good in a month. it, was, it wasn't it was even that. Seven like minutes. I was going to say, it wasn't I mean, even that he was solid. We get to Toronto
0: in a minute, and there's a little uh, controversy over Berrios getting pulled. And we often, we've sometimes, probably three or four times on the show this year, we've had a little bit of manager chat because it's one of the things that I don't really understand. I often ask how much influence is the manager happening? Uh, is is the manager having? And what people say about Bruce Bochy is that he is probably the best. Um, and I don't know if, if we saw a little a little wind of that last night where over the last two nights where Montgomery and Ivaldi have both been dealing, and he just let them go. It was none of this pulling them after 72 pitches, pulling them halfway through, in, in, in. Just let them go. Um, we knew they had dangerous bats, this garcia did bits. Uh, Josh Young was great. He had, I think, three extra base hits maybe last night. Um yeah, I think they've got an excellent chance going forward against Baltimore. We throw the lines out for those in a little while. Um, Max Scherzer threw a bullpen session, I think, today or yesterday, forty-five pitches. Um, so, given a few more days, you might see Mad Max kicking around as well. Um, Trev has joined us late, but he's better than uh, better late than never. Trev, good evening. Um, yeah, so Texas, I'm quite pleased for them. I think they deserved a bit of a a bit of a run after the season that they've had, but. Um, there's a lot of potential still in what Texas is doing, Scott.
1: Well, Texas versus Tampa is the perfect example of what I was saying before. Tampa doesn't spend any money, and money ball is important, but you have to at least acknowledge Texas spent a bunch of money on a lot of guys. Now, some of them got hurt with DeGrom and Scherzer. I get it. Yeah. The point is they're willing to spend. You need to spend money if you want to win in baseball. I'm trying to think of the last low-budget team to win a World Series, and the first thought's going to be Kansas City because they had a lot of homegrown talent. They were grown through the draft. And then a lot of their players got poached for a lot of money by other organizations, but they were all homegrown. Houston was homegrown, but a lot of their guys got paid a bunch of money. So they had a lot of high quality talent. That was the story for me. It was just that Texas had more talent. And even though they were a wild card team, Garcia would be the best hitter on Tampa by a country mile. You're looking at all the other options they have. Even Carter. Like, Evan Carter came out of nowhere in September, and he was fantastic, and he was great in the first two games, had a homer, which is kind of the backbreaker homer in Game 2. Would he already be, like, a top three hitter on Tampa? Probably, based on what i have seen lately. It's just, it's a spot where the payroll's such a big difference between these two teams that even though Tampa had the better record in the regular season, you looked at Tampa and said, they got a, they got a shot to get upset here because Texas has the talent. If the bats get hot, they're going to win. And the bats got hot, and Tampa couldn't hit the ball, and Texas won. And I do think, once again, to touch upon your point about how dangerous Texas can be, the lines did come out for the divisional series, and Baltimore, with home field, is only minus 110. It's a pick in the series. So they think Texas has a pretty good chance of pulling off the upset. I'm not sure if they're going to, but I'm not surprised the lines are around pick em. I thought that Baltimore would be favored, like, minus 120, minus 130. But it's minus one ten apiece. So Texas, as you said before, might be alive to make the ALCS.
0: I'm looking at my book here score. I've got Texas plus one hundred five with the Baltimore minus one twenty, the lines that you yeah, that you've kind of predicted. So uh, if you do fancy Texas, and I think I probably will be taking Texas in this book. Um, although I'll see what cases all you boys make for me tomorrow night before I make a final decision. Um, we we'll move across I'll tell you about game time if you are looking to get some tickets for the mlb playoffs or indeed anything else game time are taking the stress out of that um you can get tickets for sports music comedy theater killer deals on last minute tickets and the best price guarantee two flash deals um you can get an image of your seat view um yeah absolutely outstanding service i know scott used them um sean used them sorry to get tickets for the rams eagles and so far now the game time guarantee means you'll get the Best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So, what you need to do to take advantage of this is download the Game Time app, create an account, use the code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And Hall of Fame bets helping people win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season. With Hall of Fame Bets, it's a sports analytics platform for parlays, player props and game lines. You can research NFL, NBA, MLB and soccer bets with historical stats and data. Put any parlay into the Hall of Fame Bets Parlay Optimizer tool and you'll get hit rates broken down by leg, expected probabilities for the parlay. You can sort players by hit rate. Loads of good stuff to help you make your picks. So stop betting in the dark. Join 30,000 users with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more. Intelligent, data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. Okay, so we'll move across Toronto Blue Jays, swept by the Minnesota Twins. Was there a more Toronto Blue Jays thing that encapsulates their entire season than Vladdy getting picked off at second base? Uh, when they could possibly have reignited that flag in season, Scott. I mean, it just you if you looked in a little pictorial dictionary, if you looked up the Toronto Blue Jays, there'll just be a photograph of Vladdy getting picked off at second base. And that tells you everything you need to know, I think.
1: Two outs, three, two count. Picked off second base. I'm surprised that actually doesn't happen more often. I actually thought of that about a year ago, where I'm surprised that they don't try to backpick the non-lead runner because they usually get a running start following the second yeah. guy. I feel like you could always backpick him if you could sneak the guy over to the base. But yeah, Texas uh, showed what you can do when you have a lot of talent, and you take advantage of your opportunities. Toronto showed what you cannot do when you have good talent who construct batted bats It's once again why we've roasted Toronto all year long. We thought they were fraudulent. We know the manager is not any good. We'll get to the barrier situation in a second. Truth is they didn't score a run anyway, so I'm not sure if it would have mattered. But still, just so many batted bats, so many yeah. batted bats. Where I, even if it's one thing, if you get out, like you know, it's difficult to get on base. I get it. At least have a game plan when you walk into the batter's box. Toronto had nothing. They weren't. They weren't even close to anything. They just kept getting guys on base, and you're like, all right, is he going to strike out or pop up the first base? They they couldn't get any key hits at all. Vlad Jr. had a hit, but then of course, he got picked off second base. But the team, as a Yankees fan, I could testify about it. I'm not gonna sound like a hater because Toronto made the playoffs and the Yankees didn't. Toronto talked so much shit for the last two years about yeah. how that was the trailer and this is the movie. Yeah, what movie I remember? What movie were we watching? It goes straight to DVD, go straight to Blu-ray? blu ray still a thing? <laughs> like I you, you, they talk so much trash, they haven't won anything. To go through the fun part about this, Toronto had, Toronto, uh, Minnesota had lost 18 straight in the playoffs, and yeah. I, I picked Minnesota to win the series. I do think it's a passing of the torch because Toronto now has lost seven straight playoff games. So we're going to see if they can get to 18. We'll see what happens. But it just tells me that a lot of young teams in a lot of sports talk a lot of trash because they feel like they are ready to make the leap. It's easier said than done. Stop talking trash. Stop trying to tell everybody you're the next big thing when you have nothing to show for it. Win some games, stop talking trash, and try to actually produce for once, and maybe you'll win. But it just seemed like Toronto was a fake tough team that was fundamentally soft. And uh, I don't know why they never at any point made any adjustments because I'm not an
0: expert, but we've said this several occasions. In fact, we've probably flogged this horse to death over the course of the summer. Um, but the, the the adjustments were there to be made and they just it was just a refusal to do it an, an absolutely stubborn refusal to do it so yeah, I mean that's three playoff series sweeps in a row, and they've got some decisions to make here Matt Chapman's been poor and is now a free agent uh, Hun Jin Ryu is a free agent big question mark about the manager you said we'll get back to the Berrios thing A, Berrios was pitching beautifully but he was also feeling it Getting back to that conversation about analytics and players, Berrios's body language. Fucking hell, I wouldn't have dared walk out to that mound and dragged him off. You just—you see a man like that, then that's his job. Like, just fucking let him go, man. Honestly. And, well, that goes back yeah, to what you said before. Buffing. I mean, what was you're your not sure what, you're that. not sure
1: what managers do anymore, which is a fair point because I don't think that was the manager's decision. I think that they had people in the front office upstairs, yeah, analytics team that told them. It's time to pull Berrios. And once again, he's the manager, but he doesn't actually manage anything. So I don't know what the point is besides being a figurehead. As a Yankees fan, I got to touch back upon that because that's the same thing with Boone. People have hated Aaron Boone for years as Yankees fans. I'm one of them. But you also have to wonder how many of the decisions does he actually make? And nobody knows. Because every team now has an analytics department that's making decisions midway through the game that the managers don't even use hunches or they don't use their overall baseball intelligence. It's all worthless. They all go by numbers based on the analytics team. So the analytics, I guess, thought Berrios' numbers maybe second time through the order, not great. And you can look at Minnesota against lefties, maybe not the best. But Kikuchi had a pretty good year. I don't trust him in the playoffs, but I would have rather stuck with Barrios against his former team. You mentioned Bochi, who stuck with his pitchers, and that worked out well. I wonder how much of that is based on how bad Texas bullpen's been, though, because they've had a really bad bullpen, and Tampa couldn't hit. So there's no reason to pull anybody. But it just seems like Toronto is one of those teams that got a little bit too cute for the moment. But it once again goes back to the overall tone and atmosphere in that clubhouse. They're just a very arrogant team with nothing to show for it. And that's really what stood out to me. I mean,
0: analytics made that decision. They put in Kikuchi, who's a starter, in the middle of an inning. There's no analytics there because there's no evidence there. There's no body of work to say. There are also Kikuchi's no. the lefties. right man.
1: Sorry. They brought in Kikuchi to pitch against a bunch of righties, which I don't even understand either.
0: Just, yeah, just all a little bit baffling. Um, so we uh, getting to the winners then. Obviously, we're uh, not burying the lead here. I thought Minnesota were great. Um, they were. I got them right. Uh, I feel I felt good about them for the main reasons. One was that they were healthy and in form. Um, I thought that was really important. I did like that pitching, and it wasn't just the pitching one too. And um, as it happens, that was good enough. Pablo Lopez did okay. Sonny Gray was great, um, and you've still got. Over my Maeda, Ryan. Um, we mentioned Louis Varland, So loads of options. And Yeah, Minnesota were a good price. I was, I was happy with them. I thought they were a, um, a bit of a sleep bet. I'll be betting them um, in this series against Houston, Scott, I think.
1: I am going to go with Houston, but I'll save that for the next show we're going to be on. But yeah, Minnesota was very solid, uh, did what they had to do, which was defend home field, which they've been very good at all year long. The pitching was solid. I, I don't know how anyone hits Duran. He's got the filthiest stuff in the league. I don't know how you touch any pitch he ever throws, but he shut the door in the ninth inning. Uh, Nothing more to add there. Minnesota got some big hits from Lewis in game one. Game two was Correa. And Correa, I know that a lot of people don't like him because he was the captain of Houston during the whole trash can scandal, whatever, but I'm going to criticize Toronto for a lack of leadership. As much as I dislike Correa as a Yankees fan, he's a very good leader. And you could sense it because he's been there before and he gave them a certain jolt that they needed and it felt like Toronto had nobody willing to rally the troops. I would think Toronto was looking around trying to wait for somebody to step up and nobody stepped up, you know?
0: You've mentioned the two players that I've got written down in my notes. Royce Lewis, who, lest we forget, was a 1-1 in the draft. Um, Mm -hmm. So obviously a lot of talent in there. And then Carlos Correa was... I mean, he was integral in that pickoff play. That was pretty much yeah. his doing. Um, he, he instigated that. It was proper real captaincy stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to see how they go. Um, Arizona sweeping the Brewers. I mean, this is a weird one. This was th- these next two series were kind of th- the epitome of baseball because we learned nothing new about either team. It's a three-game series. Arizona had a punch chance. We knew that they needed their. Two good players that again, that we they've got more than two good players. They needed their two best players, that little one two punch in Carroll and Kitel Marte to hit, and they did. Um, so, we learned nothing new about the Brewers. Like I say, it, it was just one of the, those things. Starting with the Brewers, the pitch they didn't do an awful lot wrong, they got ahead, I think, in both games. Um, we knew they were slightly light hitting, we thought they might be able to cobble more stuff together. but I know nothing different about the Brewers now than I did on Monday afternoon, Scott. It was one of those things. They played two games and lost them both.
1: Yeah, the way that I look at it, I kind of viewed them as being the Rays of the National League. They spent a bit more money, but they did trade Hater about a year ago while they were competing for a division title. So they're not really willing to spend money either. But Milwaukee had a bunch of guys on base and they couldn't score. It was really just as simple as that. You're looking at game two. They went three for nine with runs in scoring position. Game one, I believe they went, what were they, like two for 11? It it was something really bad, but let me just pull that up for a second. So I said three for nine in game two. In game one, they went three for nine as, what, they go three for nine as well? Whatever. The point is they were really bad with running scoring position. They couldn't get the big hits. 19
0: stranded runners, Trev's telling us in the chat.
1: Yeah, 19 stranded runners. If you want to just go by hits with runners in scoring position, uh, you're looking at a combined Six for 20, which is not good. And also I want to point out that one of those hits in game one, was an infield hit, that didn't bring in a run. So they only actually had like two hits that actually brought in a run. It was not good. And it felt like they had the bases loaded every inning and they couldn't score. If you have that big of a pitching advantage, I know Woodruff got injured, which didn't help, but you have Peralta, you have Burns, you're against Fod in game. You got to win game one. Like, come on. You score one run in game one before an out's even recorded. And then you let them strike out the side, and you don't score for the rest of the game. Like, it's just... Milwaukee's a team that just smashes their head against the wall every year because they can't hit. And they keep thinking that they can get by. They can't. It's the same thing as Tampa. They're going to try to get by on great pitching, and they always lose early because they can't hit. And Arizona, even though this team's pitching has not been great this year, Gallon, we know, has been good. Kelly didn't even pitch. Kelly's been chilling. But the offense was good. You're looking at the lineup, and their lineup is more dangerous than Milwaukee's. You're looking at the likes of Marte and Carroll and Walker, who had the big double in game one to put the game on ice. They have a lot of guys who can generate damage, and Milwaukee doesn't have that because for a decent portion of the year, it was a Yelich and nobody else. And you're trying to think of who scares you in that lineup. They made a move at the deadline. They picked up post-prime Carlos Santana. I like the move compared to what they had beforehand. But who scares you in that lineup? And Yelich has kind of been banged up over the past month. What did they have? They didn't have anybody who scared you in the lineup.
0: No, they didn't. It was it was bits and bobs. It was it was a quite versatile, and it was able to maybe manufacture some runs. Mark Canhard done a little bit, but that was it. Um, I thought Arizona. Again, we know nothing really more about Arizona than we did. They did everything they could. They needed a lot of things to fall in place for them. You go yeah. back to that first inning, Scott, and that was absolutely crucial. That was probably the most crucial ten minutes of the whole series, Um, because it gave Arizona a little bit of hope that they were in the season. If they'd walked out that first inning four to nothing down, which they easily could have done, they might have just that might have just been it. It might have just that little bit of enthusiasm for them gone. Then all of a sudden, back to back, uh, Marty and Carroll. I mean, uh, Brandon Fark, um, we knew what he was capable of. We've seen him throw seven scoreless this year. so He was he was going to be a danger, and he did get the chance to settle down, and then he did okay. He um,
1: well, did okay, the but what did he pitch? He went like three in the third? Like He yeah. didn't um, pitch got, that long, but I'm just going to put it this way since we're criticizing the offense. I also want to criticize Corbin Burns. Your team can't spot you with three-nothing ho- lead at home, and then you just immediately give up five runs in the first five innings. Like That can't happen. Burns has to be better. As a Cy Young winner, you have to you have to win that game. If you're up three nothing with Burns on the mound, that should be one nothing for Milwaukee.
0: Yeah. Um, so yeah, Gallen was great. We knew he would be, as you said. Merrill Kelly's had a little breather. He didn't get he didn't get the pitch. So um, Arizona will still be very live in. Uh, they go to the Dodgers now. I think. Um, I don't think the Dodgers will be thrilled about having to face Arizona again. Arizona really? will need you don't um, think all so? the pieces to fall in place, um, but yeah why not? and I'm uh, at least you got one of my um one of my fancy price tickets through to the
1: next round, so I you don't still think like the Dodgers it. are happy to see Arizona compared to Milwaukee. you think I think they are. I mean, you're the main problem you have with the Dodgers is the pitching staff. so if you want to talk about pitchers getting hot and maybe finding a way to win the the Dodgers own Arizona every year <laughs> yeah. like it, it's the same story in that division. Now you can make an argument like last year the Dodgers owned the Padres and then the Padres beat him in a playoff series because there's a familiarity there because they face off X amount of times a year, double-digit times a year. But if you're asking who I think the Dodgers would rather face, I think it'd rather be Arizona.
0: Yeah, you may be right there. Um, you know, we've got Philly and Miami to cover. Um, I'll tell you about underdog fantasy. Um, the best way to play alongside your favorite football teams this season. Um, Underdog has just introduced Scorches. Go five for five and pick them Scorches. Enjoy a spicy 100 XP out from now until October the 4th, which was yesterday. Excellent. Underdog is matching 100% of first deposits up to $500. $100,000 Sundays continue on Underdog Fantasy. 10 lucky players win 10 grand each. um Scott, I've got my pen out. You need to give me a higher or lower player prop for tonight's nfl game um watch along make your picks and maybe make a little cash on underdogs mobile app or website at underdogfantasy.com when you sign up with the promo code sgpn underdog will double your first deposit up to 500 dollars that's underdog fantasy promo code sgpn what's the uh where's the rye millions going tonight scott what am i writing down
1: I'm gonna go with the "don't fix what isn't broken" philosophy. Give me the higher than half an interception for Justin Fields. He's had at least one reception every game. He's had at least one reception eight of the last ten. If you're expecting Washington to win, Chicago might have to abandon the run. But I'm expecting Fields to do something dumb with the football, which is a pretty safe bet.
0: <laughs> um, I've got a crafty uh, one for the weekend, which is the under um, rushing yards on Christian McCaffrey. Um, okay, Scott, that's my yeah. Okay. a little shrewd play right. for everybody uh, fill your boots on that against Dallas, Um. yeah, Philly Miami again, like a, a standard baseball series where Arizona could go and shock the Brewers 2-0, if that happened in the middle of the season you wouldn't bat an eyelid the same here, Philly beat Miami 2-0 and again, dead straight forward really, I got a little bit cute taking Miami in both spots, I thought the left-handed pitchers um, could catch Philly. They actually did all right. I catched it. I took an under four um, in the first five in game one, so I was fine. I did okay on it. Um, but this was a case of the better team with the better pitchers, um, with home advantage and everything that entailed, and it was very, very regulation, Scott.
1: Yeah, I said I thought Philly would kill them, and they did. So yeah. nothing shocked me about that series. Miami couldn't hit. They were happy to be there. A lot of people on Twitter were complaining about how it would have been more fun if Chicago or the Reds got in. That's not Miami's problem. Tell Chicago not to blow that many leads late in the season, and maybe they would have gotten in. But Miami did what they had to do to get in. I never consider them to be a threatening playoff team. They're a team with a good pitching staff that can't hit, and Philly might have the best home field in the entire league. Maybe Atlanta you can make an argument for. I would say Houston is in consideration, but Arizona, but my uh, uh, sorry, Houston had a losing record at home this year, which I thought was kind of weird. But I do think Philly's home field is definitely an edge, especially when nobody goes to Miami's games, so that matters. But I was not shocked. Uh, Philly, I thought was going to kill them, and they did. Um,
0: I'm laughing at Trev in the comments. He's uh, obviously a bit disgruntled. He's just a series of. Yellich Yellich is knackered, Burns is washed. He's just not very happy. Um, Yeah, Miami were the most underwhelming team coming into it and pretty much played like it. I think they've done okay to be competitive. Um, They they did well in bits. They had the third best um, starting pitch in the RA in baseball. I think the GM, Kim uh, Ng, has done a great job and will continue to do so. So I think we'll see a similar kind of thing from Miami. Uh, They'll be hanging around those playoff spots all year. But And I did want to mention, so at the the top of the show, talking about Tampa, uh, Matthew in the chat mentioned about the supporters being there or being not there. Um, And you've just said this is a... a, Nobody wants to go to the bank. I mean, they are 24-11 and in playoff games at home since 2007. And not to go on about it, but I bring it back to Newcastle last night. I don't know what the science says, but I think about 20% of... Newcastle's victory last night comes from the home support um, and it happens up here a lot it's it's one of our things you talk about the, who's got the 13th man is it Seattle
1: well Seattle's got 12th. the 12th man
0: 12th not the 13th that would 13th. be ridiculous um, t- too many men on the field Scott um, yeah. and, but it's a, it's a definitely a thing um, and you could see uh, PSG last night dropped their arse at Newcastle now if you go to Tampa and there's nobody there, the team runs out the dugout and you have a look around, It's a bit of a, it's got to be a bit of a kick up the backside. There's no one there. There's no atmosphere. There's no one to get you going. And Philly have that in spades. And that 100% will contribute towards the, what they do at home and will 100% com- contribute uh, to that 24-11 record at home. But, yeah, we and all are fine. I mean, again, we, we learn nothing about Philly at all. Um, they have a tricky trip now to the Atlanta Braves, but they did. They, they they rolled the Braves over last year, I think, didn't they?
1: They did. That was when yeah. Hoskins did the home run against uh, Strider and he spiked the bat. And that's how that went. Yes,
0: yes, yes, yes. Um. So, yeah, I mean, Philly going forward, Scott, what's your thoughts?
1: Uh, I well, When we talked about the futures before the Wildcard series officially started, I said I think Philly's alive to win the whole thing. Uh, when you're that good at home, you have a shot to beat anybody. And I'm not saying they're going to beat the Braves. There is some familiarity there. I'm expecting a lot of fun in those games, potentially a lot of runs. Philly's offense, I don't want to say can match Atlanta, because statistically speaking, nobody's ever been able to match Atlanta. It's one of the best offenses of all time. Philly has the firepower to match them in three out of five games. And that's all you need. I think yeah. Philly can get it done if I had to pick... I'd still lean to Atlanta, but you look at the rotation for Atlanta and the rotation for Philly, they have an edge there. Atlanta's rotation is not the best. It's fine. Strider, once again, has had some shaky playoff moments, but we know how good he can be. Freed's kind of the same way. He's battled some injuries recently, but Wheeler, Nola, you throw in the other guys, Philly's got some arms. I I think Philly's pretty live to win this. So I'm still going to lean Atlanta, but I think it goes five. I think it's going to be a long series.
0: Okay. Um, I think we've uh, we've got to the end of everything we needed to discuss there, Scott. We didn't want to get um, too much into making picks, uh, predictions, and looking at lines uh, for the forthcoming series because we're going to do that en masse tomorrow night. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed that, Scott. Is there anything else um, you want to tell us about before we get going? And I'm going I'm to go and spend another hour recovering from this hangover.
1: Uh, nothing really. I got an NFL show with Terrell in about twenty minutes, so stay tuned for that. But I do want to just quickly point out: I really don't like the current schedule. Why are there no baseball games until the seventh? Why do we have two full days off of nothing? As in Friday, Saturday. When did, when did the games start? I think they resume Sunday. They resume on the seventh. Oh, sorry. That means they start on Saturday. I don't know why there's no so, games yeah, on Thursday so or Friday. It's,
0: it's game three should have been today.
1: Yeah. I guess you wanted an off day after game three, but I, I feel like you could have played Friday.
0: Yeah, maybe. It's probably a travel day, I think, maybe, uh, for some people. But um, no, I'm, I'm quite happy to drag it out, Scott. It doesn't uh, it doesn't affect me. I was struggling to, um, to catch up. I, I, I came in last night. I was bouncing off the walls. And I haven't checked the baseball scores at all. So I was trying to catch up and read the box scores and stuff like that. And I had no idea what was going on. Um, yeah, but I'm looking forward to tomorrow's show to get everyone's uh, vibes and making some picks as well. Hopefully I'll get my um, Justin Fields interception in and then I'll have a little more chest to throw some of these MLB um, plops. I think you, uh, you gave me a loser last week with an interception, Scott. So you're in the hot seat. This is your last chance. Uh, otherwise it's back of the queue. Uh, for you, thanks everyone who that was, joined us. That was not Ostrev me. Martin, I, I don't, I don't uh, think, I don't think that show, was me
1: last week. I think that was Dylan. I don't think that was me. Are
0: you sure? Are you out here? I've got it written down here somewhere. Don't make me go back through my notes. I'll find it. I don't. I, I don't fully
1: recall bit. if that was me or not. I don't, I don't. I don't think that was me. I was barely on the MLB show last week, so I'm not sure if that was me. Doesn't sound like you. I'll have a look through. Ooh, I've got Adam Thielen written down here. That was definitely not. On the page me. of baseball that was not scores.
0: Me. Um, But I think that was my pick. Anyway, it's not important. um, Yeah, back tomorrow. Join us uh, live at uh, usual time, 10pm Eastern. Sorry, 10pm, my time, 5pm Eastern. Um, And until then, we will see you down the road. Cheers.